Hi, this is Brandon Schultz, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Sisters, the baddest podcast in the universe. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. Today, I'm joined by my sisters, Yvette Blackman-Tong. Hello. And Sabrina Wood. Whoop, whoop. And I'm Tamia Harper. And we also have a really wonderful guest with us today, and we're super excited. And uh, we've been a little bit of Twitter friends for a little bit, and we follow him, and we give him lots of love, because we pretty much love everything he does. And uh, I'm going to let Sabrina do the honors today with introducing our guest. <laughs> I always get the honors when the writers come on. Yay! <laughs> well, our, guest, our guest today is the incredible Brandon Schultz. He is one of the writers of our favorite Star Trek, except for the Space Nine, Discovery. <laughs> telling you, boy, Discovery is our show. And this is this Brandon Schultz has been with this show. We just heard in our little uh you know, meet up before the started taping that he has been with the show since 2016, which I did not know. But he is also second generation Hollywood. His yep. father directed all the movies that we saw when we were growing up. All the movies. All the movies. Crush <laughs> Crew, Car Wash, Cooley High. Cooley so, High. Oh. All right. He is a Morehouse man. He is a writer. He is an animator. He is a, well, he's a, He's a producer. He's uh, he's everything. He's everything. I am jazz. Can you tell? <laughs> to have Brandon Schultz here today. Brandon, welcome to the show. I am super excited. Yeah, <laughs> Sabrina, thank you, Sci-Fi Sisters, for oh. having me here. Digital living room. Yes. <laughs> Warm, the fire is crackling. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, out. I love it. We just want to get into everything about this in you. Um, as I said, you are one of the writers on Discovery. And um, what I really want to get into first, like first and foremost, is uh, just how you got into entertainment. I said that you were second generation Hollywood and I, uh, your father, Michael Schultz is the director. So, and I understand you were actually in crush groove. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you got not a credit, group, but, um, Cooley high. Cooley oh, high. Oh, you're in Cooley yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby. <laughs> baby. I was oh the, my goodness. I was the baby in the scene. Spoiler <laughs> alert for all those who haven't seen Cooley high. Probably and where have you been for the past 40 years, 40 plus years? Yes, yes. Uh, in Cochise, my big brother Cochise uh, uh, had a college scholarship, and I was the one who donated the envelope to the toilet. Um, okay. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> okay. House to discover his college scholarship in the toilet. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, my dad always tells the story of how um he that scene was inspired by true events so I was, oh wow I was, I was it was method acting i was as a toddler <laughs> as toddlers sometimes do thought it was fascinating to throw things in the toilet so he, 
saying, well, what's a good way to get into the scene? Yeah. <laughs> See, it's just in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I am fascinated with writers. I'm, I'm a screenwriter myself. Um, I went to uh, New York Film Academy and I was just fascinated for, with about your start, number one, <laughs> with the credit from Cooley High. Um, but did that, I know your dad is a director. So were you sure going right out the gate that that's what you wanted to do? And right. yeah. Well, uh, no, no, it was, it was interesting, actually. Um, I was, uh, my, my, my next role was in a movie called The Last Dragon. Yeah. Ooh, Get man. out. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I had, had the, had the, the life-changing role of being the kid in movie theater, you know, so I got to <laughs> tell off a uh, show enough, right? Nope, nope. Um, so <laughs> Uh, I thought, and I was excited about it. I thought it was going to be great. And after being held up, you know, by my members only jacket. (laughs) only um, Who was six, seven, you know, show enough uh, for 12 takes by take 13. um, My armpits were (laughs) the blood had cracked and I was like, this acting stuff, I, I'm not sure this is for me. <laughs> I was cured of wanting to be an actor. You know? mm-hmm. I always have a great respect for what actors do. And, um, you know, I, and, and to this day, like, I, I, uh, I, I maintain that intense respect um, mm-hmm. and admiration for actors. Um, but no, I knew I was going to, I wanted to do something in entertainment and I wanted to do something a little different and mm-hmm. that's, and come into it in a different way. Um, do something n- not the same as, you know, what I had seen growing up. That's why my mom always encouraged me. My mom was also um, a Tony nominated actor, you know, so, oh, yep. uh, and Dan, and she was a Broadway dancer. dancer yeah. and, you know, she did a lot um, in the theater and then later as an acting coach and casting um, oh, professional. Wow. So, so I, I knew those sides of the world, theater and film. And um, after sometime after school, I had always worked on, projects like growing up because it was just a fun thing to do I grew up in Los Angeles I worked on music videos with my friends on the weekends and we shot each other's music videos um, <laughs> and uh, you know we thought we were going to be rap stars of course. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we all <laughs> uh, De La Soul Ooh. Ooh. Tribe Called Quest and Ooh. we were doing our own version of that you know uh-huh. back in the day and um, even throughout my early years at Morehouse and a year or two, uh, a year after or two after graduation, um, there came an opportunity to get into animation. Ah. And a, a, couple, of, a couple of friends um, from Atlanta um, were working on a music video that called for animation. And they told uh, the director, of course, we can do animation. and uh you know because we had a friend who you know could draw essentially and we could Mm -hmm. find somebody yeah he he, he was part of the crew he could draw and he did you know character designs for 
you know, Lisa left I Lopez and people like that. And, you know, he, he was an awesome designer, um, Shahid Ali. And um, we, and, and then a couple more friends said, oh yeah, we, friends of his said, oh yeah, we, we actually have done animation before. And so before you knew it, we started cobbling together a crew of artists. Um, and wow. I, 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 you know, kind of was thrust into that world. And so I was the one who had production experience and, you know, knew how to, you know, do things, you know, edit, uh, deal with clients. And sometimes de facto, I would end up writing. So mm-hmm. That wow. was kind of circuitous way into writing was by working with a bunch of visual artists who were supremely talented at that. And then by necessity, you know, helping to write and produce. Um, mm. So that was our kind of, you know, or my, you know, um, animation school of hard knocks. Uh, wow. wow. And out of that, we get Street Legends, Inc.? Yeah, yeah. We said uh, Mark and Mike Davis um, were two of our partners. They're twin brothers mm-hmm. uh, who are amazing um, illustrators and creators and um, they um, we were doing this work for hire so we were doing tv show opens for upn shows um, okay we we're doing a series of um, animated ad spots for adidas mm. we were doing um, uh. you know, client work anything that was global youth culture that mm-hmm. kind of fell under our purview and we had a few ad agency people come to us and say you're the only people like this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, and uh so it was kind of a great you know trial by fire each project we learned more and more we traveled um overseas to work with overseas animation studios both in mainland China um, and uh, in Toronto um, with the sister studio that we had there in South Korea. So we were really like learning how to do animation by taking projects that had this element of black culture or hip hop or like just street, you know, culture and bringing them to life in an authentic way. And so that that was kind of our, um, our calling card. And then while we were doing that, we said, well, this service work is great, but we better also have our, you know, Spider-Man, our Batman, you okay. know, our, our version of that um, yeah. uh, as well. And that's, um, that's where kind of Street Legends Inc. Um, uh, was birthed um, with our first comic book project um, called Blockheads. Nice. All right. Yeah. It's so fascinating. (laughs) I I was reading about it and I just love the way it was all sort of, uh, it wasn't serendipitous, but it was just, you know, one thing led to another and another. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and now this uh, is just gone crazy. I mean, this whole comic book world is now driving everything Mm -hmm. in Hollywood now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were at the Comic Cons in the early 2000s. So it was like, it was, it was the days before. Before, you know, it had been so, it had been huge, right, in, mm-hmm. in culture, and it, but we saw it happen yeah. in front of our eyes every year, it getting bigger and bigger. 
but it was great. Um, uh, and we actually did individual issues. And so we would, you know, and if you know anything about comic book production, when you're doing it independently, <laughs> um, it, it's extremely labor intensive. Sometimes it would take us a while to come with a new issue. But when we would have a new issue come at San Diego Comic-Con, these people would, you know, descend on our table. And it, a lot of times it would surprise us, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was, it was, yes, it was kids, you know, who grew up wanting to see themselves, but sometimes it was like librarians, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, right. you would yeah. not imagine it was middle-aged white women, you know, mm-hmm. it was everything. It was, it was a great experience of being, of having a one-to-one conversation with an audience and so um, I think that was something that definitely, you know, kind of stays, you know, Mark and Mike are still close friends. And actually, Mark is doing an amazing show right now. He's a supervisor director on a project called Young Love. Yes! yes. Yay! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, wow. Uh, so that he has an amazing show. And so we, we, we keep in, t- in, in touch and, you know, and we, we we got some things you know in the in the in the planning stages but Woo-hoo. and mike is a uh you know harvard uh in the hip hop archive he's mm-hmm. a in the hip hop archive he has his masters um from harvard in creative writing so it's like it's kind of great that like this kind of creative incubator you know that we started in the early 2000s um mm-hmm. is like continues to grow and spiral mm-hmm. outwards and we just yeah. started by just yeah taking something that we we're passionate about which was hip-hop um and the supernatural you know and mm-hmm. um putting that into a story um that could be uh you know told in, in comic form well, it's so, you know, it's so amazing for us. It's so valuable what you all did because, you know, again, like we talk about it all the time on this show, you know, here we are, these kids who just love anything weird, right? Science fiction, <laughs> fantasy, horror, anything weird. Like we're, we're all about it. And, you know, we, you know, we've got different generations of, of sisters, in the show and you know you can see the progression like from sabrina's generation to our generation to our millennial friends and yvette's daughters mm-hmm. you know all of us really constantly looking for ourselves mm-hmm. you know i mean we're, i mean i grew up reading science fiction and fantasy from a really you know from a really young age like as soon as I learned how to read like I I, I used to have problems reading and then like in first grade my parents got me a tutor and after that forget about it right like I I constantly had a book in my hand and I was reading far above my grade level all the time and all those times I mean I started you know with uh like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and Mm -hmm. and other wonderful classics you know for kids and then I started looking for me and like I, I, it was just so amazing to me that I was a, a almost an, a full-blown adult I think I was like 19 years old or something mm-hmm. before yeah. I first saw myself on the cover of one of these books that I had been reading 
my whole life. And and that was because it was an Octavia Butler book. Mm-hmm. And I finally discovered her in a bookstore. There was some bookstore that I was spending my time in. And I looked and the and the woman looked like me on the cover. So, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I wasn't so much of a comics person growing up, but I was 10 tangentially around mm-hmm. comics, you know, and a lot of my friends were hardcore into comics. And I remember finally starting to see relatable black characters in those books, in those comic books that my friends were bringing around to me, you know, in those graphic novels and stuff. I mean, it's, it's so huge. Yeah. My story is, is, is actually similar to yours in that um, I spent a lot of time, you know, just like with me and my brother growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Somehow, uh, and, and, and he would, we would create worlds together based mm-hmm. off of the like latest sci-fi that mm-hmm. we had exposed or fantasy that we had been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big ones was Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which we just happened on the book. And so for a lot of people, um, Dungeons and Dragons is about this like kind of larger community where mm-hmm. you're able to play with a bunch of friends. That yeah. was not, my situation at all it was literally like we came across the book you know bought the book at the bookstore and my brother was the dungeon master and i was the player and it was was like that was it you didn't need anybody else eating worlds you know what i mean yeah (laughs) he also liked to torment me you know (laughs) so i'd be fighting you know warlocks and orcs and stuff you know (laughs) casting spells on me it was just it was it was so fascinating so that's how things came into our world Mm -hmm. it was it was in a very kind of individual way and we had a lot of time to just read um dune was one another one yes related to that somehow it was like I don't know if you all had this experience like growing up in the 70s of 80s where there weren't black people, you know, or any representation, you would kind of invent it. Yes, you know? yes. Mm-hmm. absolutely. All, all the time. If you didn't say he was white, he was black. That's right. <laughs> Chewbacca was definitely black. Oh, definitely. Oh, Chewbacca yeah. oh, totally definitely. was black. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And definitely. R2-D2, probably black. R2-T, uh, yeah, he, R2, R2 is, is definitely black. Yes. <laughs> R2, R2 can give a side eye like Ooh. nobody. <laughs> and always mumbling under his under his breath. Right? <laughs> well, well, and and one of my first exposures, I, I just really one of my first memories was um uh being a kid, being with my grandmother, having it be nap time, and um but something was on the TV that we wanted to watch and her going to shut it off and then seeing a black woman on the TV screen, mm-hmm. um, Nichelle Nichols mm-hmm. <laughs> as uh, Uhura mm-hmm. and um, being like, okay, you can stay up and watch this. Right. <laughs> uh, nice. yeah. As long as she's on TV. You know, you can <laughs> Those True. earliest memories of my grandmother, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and kind of of you know con- watching something on, uh, on TV yeah. were of that. So those those are kind of my formational, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. 
moments, yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me how it came about that you got the call to do a short trek because I hear, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing, here you are doing all this animation, you're doing the comics. How yeah. did you, how did it jump over to Discovery? Okay, so I was uh, working on um, uh, as a writer's assistant on uh, Discovery um, mm -hmm. season one. And uh, as um, and I was always um, pitching to, you know, on stories, you know, where appropriate, um, uh, you know, what I saw for the characters. And a lot of times as an assistant, a writer's assistant, you know, those pitches can be useful, but probably not in the way that you might envision them. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but I think uh, one thing that helped me with gain the trust of other writers in the room is that most of the things that I were, was pitching was additive to where the story was already going as oh. opposed to, oh, let, let me, you know, pitch something that, you know, kind of takes us off the tracks. Mm -hmm. So I think I um, was able to kind of gauge that um, because of my experience, like collaborating mm -hmm. at, with um, Street Legends and Imagination, you know, um, working with other people and knowing kind of when is, when is good to throw a new idea out there. And so um, season um, uh, two came up and um, in season two uh, was my first season that I, I um, got a freelance script. And so uh, I'm going to give you the long version. <laughs> Good, because we're in Please. for it. We're yeah. here. You see us we'll, all like. We'll get there. <laughs> Take your time. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, so in season two, um, we set up a big mystery, right? Um, right? But the thing for me in that, you know, great mystery was um, also a promise that we have made the audience um, in season, in season, uh, in season one, which was that Michael Burnham was 10 years old when she was adopted by Sarah and Amanda, right. um, when she came to live with them. So being the father of a 10 year old, <laughs> I said, that's a whole human being. Michael Burnham had to be, you know, kind of really formed um, by the time she was adopted by mm -hmm. Sarah and Amanda, Amanda, because personality um you know and psychologists will 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 tell you by the time you're 7 years old mm -hmm. your per your general mm -hmm. personality characters is already formed are, have been imprinted mm -hmm. on you mm -hmm. evolve, right so so and then just as a parent you know this so um that in season 2 that's where my pitches became mm -hmm. directed right is that we have to know that Sarek and Amanda <laughs> are, in, are, are are inheriting <laughs> this fully formed, formed human, human yeah. being, mm -hmm. you know, ten years old. Um, although she had to adapt to being Vulcan, so uh, 
essentially what but we had this great mystery right to uncover um and so you know most of the focus and energy was in in that in that direction so i took it upon myself to go write um my pitches down and and i did what a lot of you know screenwriting advice you know um or industry advice will tell you not to do which is to write a spec script of mm. your of your own show mm. <laughs> i said I have to get this out of my head because if i don't <laughs> you know it's just it, uh, i i it, it, i I can't, I won't be able to live with myself. Right, you won't be able to write anything else until you get it out of your head. <laughs> and, you know, um, uh, as I as I got into it, um, um, I felt, you know, pretty confident that I was onto something. And so I mentioned it to showrunners and um, I mentioned it to Alex Kurtzman, who was... Um, our, our showrunner um, at uh, for season two and Michelle Paradise had joined mm-hmm. um, in season two and was, you know, a major part of everything that we're doing. And, and I, I pitched the story and um, I said, that's interesting. And I said, actually, I've written <laughs> 40 pages oh, you wow. know, of it, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, and, and and Alex said, well, well, you know, would you share it with me if 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 the room can spare you, you know, for a day or two uh, in an afternoon, I'd love to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. so um, wow. I um, so of course sent him the pages that I had. He said, send 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 me what you got, um, <laughs> and I sent him the pages that I have, and I go for the meeting, and I walk in the room. And um, he has my pages out. Hmm. And so he's he's just reading it mm-hmm. uh, as I walk into the room. And so I sit down. And I've worked with Alex before. We go back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and, but this was a new level of intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reading, you know, the script in front of me. In front said, of you. Conversation can go one of two ways. This will either be a good conversation or a tough conversation. Right. You know? So he, re- he finishes reading and he puts the script down, and then he is quiet, mm-hmm. and like not for like a minute. You know, mm-hmm. like probably a good four minutes. Oh Ooh. my god. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm just there. I'm just there. <laughs> just there. Marinate. I'm just hanging out. And then he proceeds to integrating my story of Burnham finding her uh, or reaching out for her birth parents. Um, integrating that, he proceeds to pitch me out um, his vision for the back half of season two. Mm. And it's all the things that end up becoming section 31 and, you know, Burnham's birth mom and all those things all integrated. And he said, I think he said, he said, not, not only is there something here, but this is, you know, this, this could be, this could be good. And, um, 
you're going to write it or co-write it, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that'll be your first Star Trek script. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was, that was a pretty like, you know, wow. like awesome moment and then <laughs> he's still he's got that look at the smile he's got now I mean, I know, I know. Smile, he's he's still, and this was what pretty 2017 <laughs> right right and so so naturally as i promised i'm gonna bring it back to the short track of it all and that, that i'm becoming uh episode 211 mm -hmm. um perpetual infinity um, where burnham meets her um dr gabrielle burnham her birth mother mama burnham and and we all like screamed on that episode oh and we saw your name on this episode we're like who's this brandon schultz a... <laughs> <laughs> this guy. is that a brother hold up uh, yeah. <laughs> to alan McElroy, my co-writer right you know, who is oh yeah and a genius oh. you know and walked me through and and one of my like my big brother he has to claim me. I really <laughs> um, Hi, uh, Alan. <laughs> master class in, um, you know, in writing, you mm -hmm. know, continued to be caught, uh, taught. And so because I have that kind of uh, background of, you know, working in animation and also writing for you know, Michael Burnham, you know, and her family, uh, and, and her, 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 you know, her birth family, her earth family, who were those? I think that's why Alex, Jenny, and Akiva came to me uh, for the short tracks, um, mm -hmm. which ended up being, becoming a girl who made the stars. It's my favorite one. My favorite. My favorite by far. Awesome. I have awesome. to share something with you, Brandon. Um, so my daughter is into Star Trek now and she came in through Picard, but I told her you need to watch Discovery because I think you'll enjoy it. So she watched the first season um, and I said, then I want you to watch The Girl Who Made the Stars. And she watched that and just um, bald, <laughs> you know, I mean, not... You know, just as she's watching it, she's in awe of it. And I'm watching her and she goes, nobody does this for us. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever does this for us. And I I totally got everything she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I never forget that. Every time I watch that um, that short trek, I always think of that. So I, I want to let you know that how it affected little girls, big girls, <laughs> men, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was, it was, it's a powerful piece. Yeah. Um. It is a classic. It's classic Trek. Yeah. There's no if ands or buts about it, and it is. Um. It's powerful. I mean, there's. I even when I think about it, I get like goosies. Yeah. About thinking about that 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 episode, it, you did a, you you did a wonderful job. I oh. I always wanted to let you know that. So yeah. Yeah. And that, anything oh. that's anything that starts a thousand centuries ago in Africa. Yes, in Africa. Okay. Right. 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 I'm, I'm so in. in. What? I'm so in. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, pull up the seat. And there were no stars. I'm like, oh, oh, this, this is, is good. I, you yes. know, when I, I saw that, I'm like, okay, this is the black version of in a galaxy, far, you know, far, far, far away. away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Huge props to uh Olatunde on Susamne, you mm -hmm. know, 
there was just a lot of love yeah. in mm. that. You could tell. Yeah. You could um, tell. Alex mm-hmm. Hertzman. Um, yeah. He really, he would not let that not be everything mm-hmm. that it was supposed to be mm-hmm. and it needed to be. And yes. so I appreciate that so good. kind of commitment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your 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 daughter's right. Yeah. You're right. You she know? was right. I when I'm she not, said that, I was like, oh. right? we have not, you know. And so, but for that level of commitment um by everybody who worked mm-hmm. on that. I mean yeah. our um visual effects department, mm-hmm. you know, rolled up their sleeves and they they did amazing things. So mm-hmm. I had to just keep on shouting them out you know yeah yeah because love it was that was definitely done with love you could tell it they they took care of it you know like it was the precious jewel that it is yeah yeah so and and, and it was uh really illuminating um uh to be part of that process you know um from the beginning to just beginning ideations right Mm -hmm. because just seeing what the first draft of Girl Made <laughs> Alex said, I think we want to do Afrofuturism. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And then and then it, okay, yeah, that 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 budget would be like the budget for like a season. season. <laughs> right. <laughs> <They're> kinda, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, you know. So then that became uh became draft two. But uh, but that. yeah. He was into it. I mean, just the creative um, on that whole project was mm-hmm. was kind of a great experience of just like, you know, really everybody rowing in the same direction and aiming for something that would make your daughter mm-hmm. react in that same way. And so my name is on there as written by, but it belongs to like everybody on that crew from the creature designers mm-hmm. to the voice actors Kendrick Green. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did a good job. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's I watched it this morning to get ready for the show. Like, like you know, 59th time I've watched this thing. But <laughs> it's it's so funny that um, watching it now after the four seasons have gone, mm-hmm. that it reminded me I was seeing echoes of Burnham confronting the, the, C, the 4C, the C4. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was like when she when when the little girl meets the alien with the light, you know, yeah. and she's not scared, you know, and she's going like everyone is telling her not to, don't go there. I just I felt like season four, you know, mm-hmm. it was like it's like she's gonna go to another galaxy, she's gonna meet this alien, she's gonna talk to it, and it's gonna give her something. I said that's a season four, yeah. Right? <laughs> wow. But it was so weird because, of course, you know, I didn't see that when I was watching it the first time. But like fifty nine, I was like, oh, wait a minute, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. wow, fifty nine time. I'm just, you know, you just put people put things in it now. Of course, you know that weren't even there, but you're gonna put it in. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I've decided to put in today. <laughs> As uh, the father of of two daughters, you know, it was just and and, and also, you know someone who kind of delighted in the ritual of the bedtime story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was just you know couldn't be more happy to be telling a story that came from that kind of place you know and 
and and and and and really, I mean, Kenrick and Kyrie McAlpin, who was the voice actor for Tiny Inferno. I mean, they just yeah, was like, who are these? Like, <laughs> right. were like they nailed it. Pop jazz, like from- <laughs> they were on it. So. I love that. <laughs> I love the part where, you know, the little girl says, um, you know, the, fa- the father's telling her the story and he said that the people tell her to go play. And she said, oh. well, that, that was just rude. <laughs> just said, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like spot on. I just love it. I had those, pom- I had those pom-poms when I, when I was Me little. Too. Yes. Me too. Me <laughs> too. Yes. Actually, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that was the fun. We, we, we recorded like our own scratch tracks for it because, mm-hmm. because the short track were happening simultaneously to main production. Yeah. Uh, it really did feel a little bit more like, you know, a scrappy independent project that could, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, so we were recording our own scratch tracks. Uh, my my dad would play the elder. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> nice. oh, really? And Tiny Burnham, like just to just to kind of lay things down and try to get a sense of. Time I, I'm gonna be calling her Tiny Burnham for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Tiny, not Little Burnham. Tiny Burnham. Tiny, tiny, tiny Burnham. Tiny Burnham. Got to like... be just an Afro puff. You know. <laughs> I love that <laughs> tiny bird. As I was going, I was just blown away by like the way our our design team just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it so did. Yeah. And when that I mean, debuted, I mean, like Twitter, everything just went off. I mean, people we were just we couldn't talk enough about it. We were like, did you see short tracks? You know, everybody was just. Well, it was so exciting, right? Because you hadn't had animation in Star Trek since the animated series. Right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Plus, you know, really the only other Star Trek that was on um, was Discovery. Yeah. At that point, I yep. think Picard had kind of entered in the mix. So there was this, there was this great you know, hunger and anticipation and great job by all of, you know, the studio and the network in terms of like giving it the platform Mm -hmm. that it felt like, you know, it should have. So I know. (laughs) You can see we're all still like coming down. For hearing you all, I mean, it feels like there is an appetite for more. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if if uh, you know, if treated with the same love and care and respect, Mm -hmm. that that came absolutely. We'd be there for it all day. I can tell you, though, that. people are not there for it just because it's animated you know and um you know but the the quality what you all did was so special yeah they um you know if y'all got more of that hells yeah we're all over it (laughs) (laughs) bring it on it was very interesting um to um to put a fine point on it um, if you remember um, the episode uh, Brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Alex and 
uh, Jenny um, had a line um, in that um, episode that talks about this um, myth, this creation myth, mm-hmm. um, where a girl dug her hands in the sand and threw them up into the stars mm-hmm. and that created the stars, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, right. it's just a line, right? Yeah. And that's it, it's very poetic voiceover that kind of leads us into the story. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm like, what is that? Right. <laughs> and so I had all these pitches about how that would incorporate into the finale um, of, of season two. And that didn't quite, you know, there wasn't quite space enough mm-hmm. uh, to do something, even though like there was a lot of receptiveness towards those pitches. And so that's really where it was kind of like, okay, we're doing short tracks, you know, the idea for something mm-hmm. that encapsulated the spirit of that story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, of yeah. That um, yeah. kind of creation story um, by keeping it very much in a, in a Star Trek um, lens, right? Mm-hmm. Star Trek lens. What does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. are great stories. You know, those are great conversations to have when you're yeah. having other like, amazing writers and <laughs> directors and artists, you know. Love it. I feel like I feel like that's probably one that like Avery Brooks probably loves, you know, because it felt like something like you could see a um a Cisco and Jake moment. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. as easily there. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I kind of came to DS9 a little bit later, you know, mm-hmm. in my fandom because that was during co- college for me you yeah know, I really didn't I, I really didn't track um uh ds9 until like much later and i'm like oh whoa <laughs> <laughs> so far somebody told me to see far beyond far beyond the stars and i was like Holy. right <laughs> i was like okay wow all right this yeah. happened and i missed it and it was crazy but it was a moment it felt like you know mm-hmm. where we had more of that it felt inevitable right yeah that you oh, were yeah. gonna see more black led stories and images because you had you know spike lee doing mm-hmm. transformative work mm-hmm. in early 90s and late 80s you know mm-hmm. and you had you know you, you even had homeboys in outer space sure we had homeboys, but God, did we, yes we did right until it was gone right <laughs> just was not it didn't exist right mm-hmm. talk about so we see that these things don't happen on a straight path in terms of like infinite diversity and infinite competition. Right, right. <laughs> like a direct path. It's like, let's get some diversity and then let's not do that anymore ever. Right. Ever. <laughs> and like, we get back into the conversation. Right. Interesting, like, to, you know, I think where creatives are at the point now is we're not really going to let ourselves be at the whim of what the industry decides mm-hmm. is the trend you know yeah, and right. if we are going to be bankable like mm-hmm. we know that we have to do this work 
by any means necessary because of what it means to you all and what it means to your daughters mm-hmm. you know like absolutely our sons yeah. you know like it's not negotiable <laughs> right <laughs> whether we continue to do this work and elevate it until do it from an authentic standpoint you know and yeah it's that 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 has to be next um regardless of you know the trends and the noise mm-hmm. um, Uh, the larger systems i think it's so different now too when we have these conversations because there's so many more ways that people can access and control content and output than we used to have at our fingertips before like in the 90s right you know Mm -hmm. so like digital has changed everything and streaming has changed everything and you know, uh, it's so much easier, I think, for us to say now, uh, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't need your backing necessarily. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. need this. I can create my own studios. I can, I've got my own actors and writers and, you know, sound designers and et cetera. Like we, we just are much more willing now to just do it ourselves. We had these people laying out roadmaps and putting down these these cobblestones for us the whole way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, if we work together, right? We've heard, you know, if and, and it's like, we have to kind of teach as we go, right? Yeah, right. Like, no, before the, 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 the Oscar Michelle existed, right? Right. One thing that's great about the new um, um, Academy um, uh, Museum um, yes. is that when it opened, there was an Oscar Michaud um, exhibit within mm. within the within the academy. There also was uh, uh, an exhibit that had a few, uh, I think, uh, Cooley High and Car Wash in it. You know, so that was like oh, Regenerations was to get. I went, I went to see that. Yeah, it was all there. Uh, but my daughter came home um, from uh, attending the museum um, a year and a half later, and she said she didn't see it. Oh. oh wow it was no longer there it had been changed so oh, the wow. exhibit um was you know said to be temporary but the oscar michelle wasn't oh. so she came back saying i didn't see it it definitely is a thing that we the more um we kind of are in community you know like with shows like the platform that you all have, I mean, the more important it is to actually support those people that are bootstrapping as well as the great franchises that are done by our studio friends, which we're all going to love, you know what I mean? And we're going to enjoy too. Like it has to be a healthy balance, you know what I mean? And a healthy ecosystem so that we can do both. But we know that we have the, you know, capacity to be, not only creators, but also the um, builders of our own kind of story um, legacies and architectures. And so that's, if anything, that's the education that I've received, you know, um, that I want to kind of continue that work. And so a lot of things uh, have brought me full circle back to, um writing for for comics and and writing for you know my own um 
uh, projects, you know, that, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, are, are self funded. Yeah. Speaking of going full circle, I just wanted to ask you, how did you enjoy going back to Morehouse for the, uh, the panels with celebrating the 10th anniversary of your, your cinema, TV, and uh, emerging, emerging media school? That's your track that you majored in, right? You're on the panel now with, um, uh, Mr. Love of uh, who they cloned Tyrone. I was like, <laughs> we just just saw that movie. Uh, so, so I love how was that it? movie. So good. yes, um, that was amazing. Um, I was with uh, um, Doctor uh, 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 Stephanie, um, who brought us um, to Morehouse for the tenth anniversary, right of right. their program. Uh, cinema, television, emerging media, which did not exist when I was at Morehouse. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> to have, you know, um, but was not yet in place. And so it's a program that they brought about 10 years ago. And so now the program is graduating um, students out into the world who are coming with portfolios with a vision for who they want to be as storytellers. And so uh, the Morehouse um, legacy that includes, you know, people like Sam Jackson and Spike Lee, Mm -hmm. uh, but now um, Stephen Love, you know, and others is just... John David Washington. I think, (laughs) um, take a quantum leap in terms of our kind of reach in the industry. and so it's been uh, Ben Corey Jones. I'm just thinking of people off the top of my head, right? Uh-huh. Uh, much less um, more students that Brian Tyree, incredible thing. Henry, right? he went that, there too. That was, uh, going back, <laughs> oh, we went, uh, they were kind enough to bring us back in August, um, and I got to be on a panel with um, Pat Charles. Um, uh, who is a writer for shows like Sons of Anarchy um, and um, what else is Pat written for? Black Lightning, you know. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. That was my show. <laughs> yeah, uh, got to uh, got to, and it is a friend um, who you know, personal friend who goes back to our. Um, comic book and animation days you know Pat and I have been on a journey um, like working on each other's projects going back you know 20 years so um, so that that was a really cool um, culmination and then we start meeting the students right Uh not just you know Morehouse students, right? But students from across the Atlanta University Center, okay. which if anybody doesn't know, mm-hmm. are Park Atlanta. Um, yeah, five mm-hmm. um, AU, uh, five HBCUs, mm-hmm. you know, in one larger Atlanta campus. Um, so uh, uh, Clark Atlanta University, which my wife is a, uh, a proud alum. Spellman nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> students, uh, Morris Brown, um, ITC, and then Morehouse. Mm-hmm. So we were there. The students were incredible because they were so ready for to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. There was, and 
um, I met a, a young woman who was who came up to me and within like 30 seconds of starting our conversation is like, how do I get an animation? <laughs> like, okay. All right. Do you have a pencil? <laughs> Step one. She had 20 with her. You know, I'm going to show you how, you know? Um, and so there was just really a great um, kind of cross section and you really saw that hunger, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that was, that was the kind of the most exciting thing um, is that in everybody who came and presented um, the hunger that the students who were there had to um, talk to them and find out more. And so I was, I, was, uh, I left um, feeling inspired and definitely encouraged. Mm. We, we were in a good, um, in a good place going back to the well yeah yeah no and 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 so i hope to kind of you know go back to become more of uh you know uh part of the program dr stephanie dunn and um you know really um do whatever we can to kind of create a virtuous circle right Mm -hmm. It's it's so necessary because you can, in this industry, it doesn't matter how you're connected. It can be a very lonely place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It can be extremely lonely because you have to do things that are abnormal, you know, in order to, you know, create a life that feels, you know, rewarding and Mm. it's, there's very few people outside of the industry, you know, can understand your set of circumstances and even less can understand what it is to um, be from, you know, the background that you come from, to come mm-hmm. from, like, yeah. you know what I mean? To have these cultural, this need to tell these cultural stories, you know, mm-hmm. whether yeah. or not like, that is the trend or not right um, right Ooh. Balance that with also like making a career and making a life that you know pays you you know what you need to um survive and thrive and mm-hmm. raise a family and, you know so all those conversations all those things are um are are, are things that we can do a better job of, of of supporting one another with you know and so yeah. That's, so what I really, that's that's what what I left most excited about um was, was that fact. That's why I really wanted you to talk a little bit about that program because you know people wanting that like you said those kids are so hungry for it and I think a lot of people don't realize um that there are other schools that offer these great right. programs besides you know USC and and you know Tisch or whatever you know even New York Film Academy whatever film schools you know of there's these other schools, you know, we have Howard here in DC that's doing some wonderful things. And, yep. you know, I've definitely wanted to make sure we mentioned this program at Morehouse and, and have a little promotion for it because I'm just, I was amazed when I looked at the panel program, I was like, Oh, wow, this is the shit here. <laughs> I would have died to go. And I was looking at it. Like, I wish I could have been at this panel. Uh, may i know we'll well hopefully we'll do it again because um uh, also kevin hooks 
is Ooh. the um, uh, visiting professor. Oh man, yeah. Becomes. So if, if you don't know Kevin Hooks, he was the director uh, Passenger 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, he was an actor, yeah. son of actor Robert Hooks. Robert Hooks. Um, mm-hmm. And Kevin um, was on The White Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. which was yes. uh, early I have such a question and these kids are getting him somebody like that on a yeah. daily wow. basis wow yeah, that's person, pretty cool in Atlanta you know yeah. he's made this his life right he's he uh and so it was great to be able to connect with him um, again, Pat Charles, who is not a Morehouse alum, he's not a Morehouse alum either, but mm-hmm. he's a visiting professor there, um, and all this highly, hugely accomplished writer, you know what I mean, and he is, you know, part of the faculty, so it's like, we're really putting together, like, you know, best and brightest, wow. um, uh, I mean, and I know plenty of film schools, um, <laughs> at, um, you know, have, you know, prominent names and reputations that do not have that level, right, um, mm-hmm. of, of, of leadership and of instruction. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for. Yeah. And you're right there in Atlanta, which is like the number three you know, production capital, you know, mm-hmm. Hollywood, New York, Atlanta. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah. uh, oh, I'm excited. It, it's 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 exciting. <laughs> yeah, time and even the and the facilities, you know, were that was surprising. It was new. It was all new to me. Um, so yeah, huge, huge. Um, oh, Seath Man, right? He's an alum now. Wow. Uh, directed episodes of The Wire. Yeah. And wow. like. All Jeez. your other favorite TV show. <laughs> I'm telling you, this was no joke. I was looking at this yeah. panel and who was there and who's coming out of this thing and what this program is. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't know Morehouse had all this. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, know, a, I want to make a side note real quick. Robert Hooks was in uh, Star Trek. Was he in? Yes, uh, Admiral. Right? He was mm-hmm. Admiral Marrow or something like yep. that, right? Yeah. Oh, I just, oh. yeah. I just, Kevin. Robert Robert Hooks. Robert. Robert. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was gonna yeah. decommission the Enterprise, but I love him anyway. I loved him anyway. Robert was Robert Hooks um was a member of the Negro Ensemble Company. Um, oh yeah. Oh wow. In the you know, seventies, mm-hmm. you sixties know, and seventies when and that's where my dad got started in theater. You know? Wow was as part of that company Mm -hmm. so i get there and like i'm getting like the world's biggest hug from (laughs) (laughs) i you know i was probably too young to remember he was a little older you know to Mm -hmm. kind of remember me and and so i was like wow yeah uh sabrina you (laughs) trouble man he was trouble man that's all i gotta say (laughs) (laughs) the original white suit the original one (laughs) <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> yeah no there's, oh. there's 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 a a deep well of talent and yeah. um, awesome. i think atlanta you know is you know this is, is really an interesting place and um and so i 
proudly call it my second second home because yeah. uh, you know it's uh it, it really is chocolate city that's what we were yeah you know, <laughs> as well yeah it definitely took that from dc dc mm-hmm. is no longer chocolate city mm-hmm. i mean i grew up here my whole life being so proud to be from chocolate city mm-hmm. and um we are not chocolate city anymore. I can tell you that much. <laughs> tell you that much. It comes at you fast. Oh right? boy. Yeah. <laughs> Look out your window. Who's that walking that dog? But I still talk to people like who move here, you know, black folks who move here from other places and who are still just so amazed because, and I take it for granted how wonderful it is that I've grown up around black folks doing all sorts of stuff on a daily basis, right? Black, black mm-hmm. professionals, um, black folks of all sorts of walks of life, but seeing us fully engaged in, in, in our citizenry and, uh, you know, living our lives in a very free way. Mm-hmm. And I take it for granted until I talk to somebody else who is not from a place that is so, Right. You know, that has so many black folks and, you know, they're the one of the few or like never saw black professionals until they moved here. You know, never Mm -hmm. saw any black people in a outside of like maybe a teacher. Right. But didn't Mm -hmm. never didn't know black doctors or black lawyers or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, black architects, you know, Mm -hmm. certainly not any black politicians, you know, uh, you know, I mean, and, and these are just this is just normal life for me, you know? So I forget that, you know, I really, even though we're not chocolate city anymore, I'm still very blessed to live in this environment and to have been raised in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's something that you can't, it's, it's something that's, it's hard to kind of quantify that, right. To see yourself in the majority, you know, um or just even in in numbers right mm-hmm. it's just yeah. it, the, i had this experience a few times in my life you know um one time was uh was when i when i first visited um um the atlanta university center and I was sure I was not going to Morehouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> on the table, you, uh, you know what? Because it was all male school. Right. Was, yeah. Thank you very, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but okay, I will go visit, right? Um, because my aunt, um, bless her, was is just always been um, the one in our family who brought you know our culture revolutionary thinking mm-hmm. um black trivial pursuit and she's like you gotta go okay. <laughs> and my and my cousin had gone the year before me and i was like okay well there there might be something to it but i'm definitely not going here it's either like hampton or howard like, <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> i was hbcu it was definitely happening mm-hmm. I, I needed you know, a different experience because I had grown up in a very progressive, you know, small um, uh, high school, you know, which was great and nurturing and all that, but it was like, I knew it was not real life, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> 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 not real life. <laughs> well, yeah. 
This does not check out. Yeah. Uh, That's the headliner. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. Um, and uh, so I knew I had to, and I wanted to get out of uh, LA as well. But so, so it, was, it was Howard or Hampton, but I'll go and visit. Then, um, you know, so my cousin takes me to, um, uh, it's a Friday, just on a random spring day, nothing special. And he's like, yeah, come with me. We're going to go to the yard. Yard? What's Uh-oh. that? Yard, you know. Elman's <laughs> <laughs> campus on a Friday. The, there's a vendors out. The incense is burning. <laughs> you know, you can smell like the Jacquard Noir. Yeah. <laughs> um, every different hairstyle, every different skin tone, you know, uh-huh. all of that. And I was like, <laughs> Wow, where are we? Right? <laughs> Am I like I really was outside of my body because yeah, something that existed in Los Angeles at all. We were in the height of you know gang era, and yeah, you could end up in a shooting, and I've been to a couple of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, you know, so I really felt like okay, maybe. Um, John Singleton was on to something. (laughs) 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 Out of LA and go to our house. I was like, okay, maybe he's on to something. That's very interesting. And I never got a chance to ask him like like, why that was so important to him because John Singleton, as we know, went Mm to uh, USC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even even to people who didn't go there, it meant something. And I got Mm -hmm. that. Know, in that moment and, mm-hmm. I, I, and so it didn't take long uh for it didn't even take the whole weekend for me to decide <laughs> <laughs> that this is where i wanted to be he's like saturday morning i'll, I'll come in here this is it <laughs> um yeah it's you can count them on one finger because i was like I'm early and i'm getting out and by the way uh circling back to your first question after reading my 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 college essay, that's when my mom turns, you know, goes to me and she says, "You know, you're a writer, right?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm like to me, like you know, I struggle with you know writing, and mm-hmm. you know, it's hard, and like." I do it when I have to <laughs> to get into a college that I really right. want to. I did it when, you know, I had to get an A on the last, you know, chemistry paper in order to pass the class, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's when, and, and those words kind of stayed with me. And she, mm. she was definitely, she said it more, she, she had said it to me before. She'd said it more than once. Mm-hmm. And it took so long. I'm a slow learner, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But like, eventually, I do. Sometimes it does click, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the point where I'm like, I oh, yeah, I can't deny this. Like, this is the most fun, um, you know, thing that occupation. This is the most fun journey, you know, that I could be on because it's something that. I can do, you know, and work on from the heart each day, you know, mm-hmm. so, 
it kind of makes everything um having that 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 privilege you know not just to um you know have be associated with you know a great project or um have a great job but just to push yourself in order to tell the story best stories that you possibly can mm-hmm. is an incredible gift and also an incredible responsibility yeah. Right? yeah 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 not only to yourself but like to all the people who you who are going who, who who stand to be touched you know what i mean by what you're mm-hmm. by what you're doing and by what you're producing so, yeah wow yeah all right, I'll finish the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, it's just one, one, one page at a time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <That's what> done. <laughs> over and over again. Yep. <laughs> page over and over again. Yeah. Really briefly, I wanted to because uh, I know we we we've got you and we're we're taking up a lot of your time, and I, I really appreciate <laughs> you. Time, I just yeah. I just realized what time it is, um, <laughs> how long we've been talking. It's just been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, I mean, it, you guys represent like my wildest dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would tell anyone who would listen, like, um, in the first. Um, season of discovery like we need to reach you know our outreach you know needs to be as diverse as our cast is right Mm -hmm. how can we get people like the sci-fi sisters talking about the show right Mm -hmm. and then even broader than that aside from anything that's um that's Star Trek related, right? How do we start, how do we nourish, right? Um, an ecosystem that celebrates and upholds, you know, content that we want to see, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we make this a conversation that um, really platforms, you know, uh, the great stuff that we're doing? The, so I, it's, I, I feel really honored to be here and just excited for like all the other times you guys uh, all the other all the other times i'm planning to come back on sci-fi system yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> here we got his schedule up to connect you with you know who i think um who i think will will continue to elevate the um the conversation as we go and so that's why i love that it's not limited. You're not limiting yourselves to any single fandom, you know, right. Right. much as I will always, you know, and, and foundationally a trekker. Right, right. <laughs> I always love the trekker. It's like what we're talking about is everything. It is Afrofuturism, you know, yeah. it yes. is how we see ourselves and also how we end up in conversation with other communities right Right. and um and and kind of you know forge you know walk in fresh snow you know yeah yeah as as it were and so for all those reasons like you know bring me up bring me up anytime uh, anytime (laughs) thank you careful what you wish for 
That's right. <laughs> Y'all, it's it's on ta- it's on tape now. So <laughs> no. can't go back on it now. Uh there there are um and 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 hopefully the door is open to where I can do the same. I have um, you know, some exciting things on the horizon that I, I kind of hope to be able to share with. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. We're really looking forward to to what's coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we thank you for everything that you've brought thus far. But you know, we really can't wait to see what else is is coming down the pipe. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I, I I just uh, really um, you know kind of feeling a tremendous gratitude for for this. Uh, the existence of a show, you know, like, like yours, keep, keep going, keep getting bigger and better. Oh, better. I hope that you guys talk to uh, like people who are in our other unions, right? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just WGA and SAG people, mm-hmm. but okay. like costumers. I don't know if you guys have been in touch with Gersha Phillips. <gasps> Not yet, but if you got know, a number. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. She's on our wish list. She was our customer for season one and two. Yes. Uh, Karen Lee. Um, she is the best. She yeah. is the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and amazing. I, in preparation for this, you know, conversation, I did um, peek back at um, a season two episode that I co-wrote with that we talked about earlier with Alan McElroy, um, mm-hmm. Perpetual Infinity, mm-hmm. and I was just struck by like the costumes, right? Mm-hmm. The set design, um, uh, what Doctari Alpha, you know, mm-hmm. looked like, which yep. is the research station mm-hmm. <laughs> where Dr. Gabrielle Burnham and uh, and Mike Burnham were stationed. Um, And some of these, all all of the different storytellers, right, throughout our crew um, do things with such thoughtfulness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And such intention behind them to like carry forward our words. And so, you will not be disappointed <laughs> bringing on, you know, um, you know, awesome. people from the VFX side. Okay. And, um, We're yeah, down for that. We like, actually we've talked about that a lot. Um, a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you're, you're absolutely reading our minds because, uh, <laughs> because of exactly what you said, because there's a whole, there's a lot of us that, you know, people focus on the the talent on the screen, like the actors, yeah. but then there's all this other talent surrounding to bring all these stories to life, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and our voices are so important in every aspect we get to be on there, uh, you know, and I remember just really starting to understand this while I was watching DS9, like, because Avery Brooks made no bones about the culture that he was sprinkling throughout that mm-hmm. station that mm-hmm. was ours to make sure that we understood he was talking to us little black science fiction fans, right. you know, to let us know that we were there, mm-hmm. we're there in the future, you know? Yeah. And, um, 
you know, and there was a conscious decision. So, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's huge. We would love to. That's mm-hmm. just a long way of saying, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God, guys, we really have to wrap it up though, because yep. for real, like, like otherwise your, your wife is going to be like, hello, are you still talking? Can you have, <laughs> are, are you done now? Like, what's up? <laughs> no, no every, everybody's on board. Everyone, my daughter knows you guys. Oh, oh, oh my god! I'm I, I, I surprised. She's she's like she's she's like a partial nerd. Partial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, that's she, so cool. And and she she had heard of the sci-fi sisters. I said, I'm on with the sci-fi sisters. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. that is oh really cool. That's so just. Sweet. Said, yes. oh Please tell her we said hello. <laughs> because without no, no, discovery, there would be no Sci Fi Sisters. They fed the cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but super. Sabrina tickled. is right. Sabrina just said if it wasn't for discovery, there would be no Sci Fi Sisters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that I always say that um, discovery is just so important um, in in the Star Trek world. I think in just science fiction storytelling it just it just brought people like I said with my daughter it just it just hit people that needed to be hit you know it was a love letter to all those fans who were out there who just we liked we loved Star Trek but we still never saw ourselves we knew we were there because Mm -hmm. of certain people but then Discovery came along and I don't know it just made it real you know and and made it real for another generation which I absolutely love so. Yeah, because we knew we were there, but they weren't particularly telling our stories, right? You right. know, and thing, it's like yeah. you know, it was kind of like the sort of the you know the sort of uh, what's the word Periphery? like like whitewashed version, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, pardon mm-hmm. the pun, but you know, where it's like you know, like you know, you have certain authors that are like, yeah, I have a really diverse cast of characters, but they don't deal with anything culturally it's just Mm -hmm. like you're just in the story and this person happens to be brown or Mm -hmm. happens to be of some type of asian descent or happen but they all culturally uh, it's really homogenous you know sidekicks once again right or whether they're main characters Mm -hmm. too you know like i mean i've read i've read some authors that i really love but and they people their stories with us but it's it's you could it's not somebody writing from a perspective mm-hmm. of other yeah ever yeah i mean and and those are when it, it you, you know it when it feels real mm-hmm. and, and authentic mm-hmm. and like centered yeah like in, it's not something that you can always articulate right yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know yeah. but some you know it when it's not right yes. right <laughs> exactly <laughs> right and sometimes it's not the fault of like people who might have happened to be on the show because it's like mm-hmm. who's listening right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 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 thing on discovery that we have been really fortunate is like is that you know we've had that ear right to listen to say when we throw when a flag has been thrown and said that doesn't feel right Uh (laughs) right (laughs) or you know how about this right how about incorporating you know the birth parents of 
our lead character, you know, right. and into into the story and grounding that. Like those are times where I feel like, you know, the people running the show have kind of have stepped up and been part of it. Even um, parts of the show, um, like in um, Sanctuary episode uh, 308, mm-hmm. where um, Blue um, Del Barrio, our actor, um, their character comes out as non-binary. Right. You know? uh, I prefer, just in the most, in the simplest terms. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. Saying they, I've always felt like a they. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a converse, that was a result of conversation, you know, and listening a lot of li- more listening than imposing. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. Being a small part of that team um, was really uh, meaningful, you know, and, um, and the fact that things landed with you all, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and like and your daughters like that's incredible because mm-hmm. i was like we have to touch you know we have to reach fresh ground well of course we're gonna you know have all the klingons and we're gonna have spock and mm-hmm. we're gonna introduce a pike and you know we're gonna <laughs> you know we're gonna you know we also we want to reach you know um if we reach these new audiences in a way that they feel seen you know that's 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 what star trek has always done right and we're we're in that legacy and that's like my grandmother pausing before she (laughs) you know turns off the tv at that time (laughs) okay you can watch this exactly (laughs) exactly that's a direct line i love it Every day, you know, <laughs> so to be part of that has been uh, been been one of the great privileges of my life. So wow. cool. <laughs> it's been it's been a super privilege for us to spend this much time with you and to talk to you and get to know you. And um, I mean, we're just so delighted. We love you, and <laughs> you can't get rid of us. So <laughs> don't even try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Please um, don't uh, hesitate to reach out. I was honored that you guys reached out, you know, just recently. And um, uh, and I look forward to doing it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, with part two, we got a lot more to talk about. Oh, we yes. sure do, because we, they, we, we only touched the tip of the iceberg That's this it. time. Like, we haven't even talked about, like, upcoming stuff that you can talk about. Yeah, do you right. have anything that you want to uh, pitch real quick before we go? That you can uh, talk about? Yeah, follow me on uh, on the Instagram. Okay. Uh, trying to get better at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's B. Schultz writing, you know, and um, I think that's where we'll kind of, we'll do our announcement funnel, you know. Okay, okay. And, and, things, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, a little, maybe a little premature right now, but okay. we're really excited um, to for a few projects that I'm up to. Oh, and also I'm developing a project that is an animated project that 
would be like right down the alley of what we've we've talked about. Sweet. So, Sweet. That's another <laughs> thing. So anyway. Y'all um, hear that? We're still Stick. cooking in the kitchen. Awesome. <laughs> ready to serve it soon. <laughs> Yvette, you wanna let people know where they can uh reach us if they have thoughts on anything that we discussed today or just want to say hi to Brandon via us. <laughs> You can find us on at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. Join us on The Mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On Instagram, TikTok, and threads, Sci-Fi.Sisters. We are also on that platform formerly known as Twitter at Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. The Trek Geeks Network's presenting sponsor is Fansets. Go to fansets.com for pins and memorabilia from all your favorite franchises. Visit fansets.com and use Trek Geeks, all caps, for your exclusive 10% discount. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and write a review. We may just read it on an upcoming episode. And of course, it would be remiss if we did not shout out the baddest engineer in any and all universes. That's Dose, the anonymous one. He's responsible for the music you hear on our show and all the production services. And if you are in need of his services, hit him up on Instagram at dose underscore the anonymous underscore one and everybody we love you thank you so much for listening to us we're out of here peace love and hair grease <laughs>